Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. This week we continue the series called Living It Up, which is focusing on what a spirit-filled life looks like by reflecting on passages from the Gospel of Luke. So far we have thought about freshening up, giving it up, and not getting hung up. This message from Dr. Bond is called On Being Puffed Up. In the story from Luke 14, Jesus offers tips on good and bad etiquette. Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. And again, good morning. I'm glad you all are, are here today. Uh, many of you are aware that our son Brandon is uh, engaged. And uh, on June 12th, 2020, uh, he and Alex will be married. So we're all excited and we're uh, taking the appropriate steps to get ready for the big day. And we're trying to do all the correct things as we prepare for that celebration. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kind of laughed at a late night comedian who was talking about uh, wedding etiquette, and he offered uh, kind of a list of good behavior and bad behavior when it came to wedding etiquette. And here are a couple of his tips. Uh, he said, uh, for instance, it's good etiquette to, to politely wait uh, in the receiving line for 10 minutes to greet the groom and, and kiss the bride. Uh, it's bad etiquette uh, to kiss the bride for 10 minutes. So figure that one out. Uh, second suggestion, he said it's good etiquette to accept a check as a gift from the groom's uncle. It's bad etiquette to ask for two forms of ID before taking it. So, and the list goes on and on. But in today's story, Jesus really offers tips on good and bad uh, table etiquette. He seems to take on the role of Mr. Manners, uh, kind of a male version of Emily Post or uh, Ann Landers or Martha Stewart. Uh, but, but isn't it odd? I mean, isn't it odd that the Son of God is dishing out seating advice? I mean, really? And, and yet, strange as it seems, his suggestions are sensible here. He helps the guests avoid humiliation and practice humility. He says, you know, take a place away from the host table rather than risking a demotion uh, from a high place of if a VIP happens to show up later and bump you down. Basically, he says, do not honor yourself more than others do. Let the host show admiration by offering you a better seat. Now, I suspect, it, suspect that sometimes we hear these stories and think, oh, gosh, you know, that happened long ago and far away, and that has <laughs> nothing to do with where I am and where, you know, what we're dealing with. But it, that is not the case with this story. It's not the case with most of the stories in the gospel because human nature is human nature, and we still make the same mistakes. Uh, for instance, when it comes to etiquette, there are still people who travel around the country uh, offering courses such as table manners for executives. Uh, one woman teaches ex uh, etiquette to aspiring business e executives, and she says, you know, executives need the ability to eat like executives. And one way uh, that companies decide who can handle things at the head table is on the basis of how they uh, behave around a table when they are dining. So Jesus teaches a class here about table manners for disciples. And we discover that it is important for disciples to eat like Jesus eats. And as Jesus often does, he moves the discussion from uh, the simple and mundane down into to deeper theological matters. And he says, basically, all who exalt themselves will be humbled, 
and the humble will be exalted. And then he does something. <laughs> then he does something that would make Martha Stewart swoon. He hammers and hassles the host by having the audacity to bite the hand of the one who is feeding the folks at this banquet. He challenges him to come up with a better guest list. And on that guest list are folks like who? Did you listen closely? The crippled, the lame, the poor, the hungry. He cautions people about being puffed up and arrogant, making these celebrations all about the important folk. Uh, And he basically says, hey, you know, invite some other folks to the next party you have. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. Uh, A lack of humility started showing up about the same time people did. Uh, Examples of people exalting themselves are probably epidemic in our culture today. Someone said, you know, if I had just a little humility, I'd be perfect. I I laughed at a story told by a flight attendant. A world-famous athlete uh, boarded the plane and took his seat, and the announcement was given over the intercom uh, that it was time to buckle up the seatbelts and so forth, and the athlete said, very loudly, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And without missing a beat, she said, Superman don't need no airplane either. And then she said, buckle up now. And he did. Someone served on the National Security Council uh, for a while, but he is remembered for another reason. Uh, He became famous for getting into pictures with the president. And that's something good to put on your resume. Uh, Anytime there was a photo opportunity, he would find out and they'd find find out a way to get into it. And uh, his nickname from the Secret Service uh, began to become the ferret. He was the ferret. He would always find a way to weasel himself into the pictures and uh, promote himself in that way. I had some friends like that in high school. Maybe you did too. One year, several of them had a yearbook photo contest. (laughs) And whenever there was a call for a group picture to be taken that came over the intercom, they would just get up and go, whether they belonged to the group or not. Uh, They'd show up. And when the books finally came out, students and staff were so impressed by uh, this young group of guys who were involved in so many things. They, they heard things like this. I had no idea you were in the Latin club. Uh, I had no idea you played on the chess team. I to, so humility, humility. It uh, can also be difficult to find in religious circles. There has been a parade of prideful proclamations from faith groups down through the centuries and some recently, some assert that their path to God is the one and only and the, the true path. And then they begin to denounce exclusionary practices in the church. So figure that out. Anyway, historically, the church has even played games with the furniture, right? Especially the communion table. Rob talked a little bit about that last week. But uh, uh, we also played games with, with the pews. <clears throat> some of you know that the meaning of the uh, root word for pew means raised place. It comes from a French word. And in the early years in our country, uh, prominent families sat in roped off sections uh, separate from the common folk, right? Instead of smoking and non-smoking seating, they had snobbing 
hobnobbing and non-snobbing sections. So folks finally realized this was preposterous and unbiblical, and so they dumped the seats of honor and all the benches became pews. But humility was again swept under the carpet by the 18th century when certain families were allowed to do what? Buy their pews. And some churches even have the tradition of putting plaques on the end of the pews to make sure you did not sit in somebody's place, right? There were even box pews in certain churches, uh, like box seats at a ball game. And wealthy folk began to decorate their boxes, installing comfortable furniture and other accessories to make worship an oh-so-fun experience. Uh, The games people play and the games God's people play goes on and on. And in entertainment, sports, politics, church, uh, we tend to idolize and pedestalize celebrities and athletes and prominent people. But many of them have come to believe that they are so rich and so famous and so powerful that they think they can live above the law. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but... But I, you know, there, there's something strangely satisfying about seeing people with that kind of attitude or, or big money or big farm or whatever. There's something strangely satisfying about seeing them brought down. And a recent example, of course, is uh, Big Farm and Johnson and Johnson. Oh, Lord, help us to be humble. That's our prayer for today. Help us to be humble. The exalted will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. How difficult it is to hear these words. We are too easily impressed by power and prestige and wealth. Some of our young people have gone off to college for the first time. We're excited about that. I heard about one who uh, tried to get into an elite school uh, without a bribe from her parents. Uh, but, But an application question are you a leader, deflated her and stumped her. And being both honest and conscientious, she wrote on the application, no. To her surprise, she received uh, this response from the school. It said, dear, dear Susan, a study of the application forms reveals that this year our school will welcome 1,500 new leaders. We're accepting your application because we feel it's imperative that they have at least one follower. (laughs) That's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants followers and disciples and humble folk, leaders, yes, but servant leaders who are willing to turn the world right side up by turning it upside down. Leaders, yes, but servant leaders who are willing to empty themselves out to make room for God's spirit to get in. You know, I've heard a number of inspiring stories lately that have happened here and, and beyond, and I'll share a few with you today. Last Sunday, uh, It happened during one of our class discussions. The refugee family was here, and they hung around after worship and participated in one of our Sunday school discussions. They were in a small group that was talking about civil rights and human rights and justice and and those kinds of issues. And, And one of them spoke of the humiliation, the humiliation of having no human rights where he lived in the Congo. 
And he said to the, to the group, to the class, he feels like he has been born again since he has come to America. And Chris sent me the email about that, but he said that experience was a holy and humbling and powerful moment for those who were in the room. Another woman confessed years ago, I asked God to fill my cup. Instead, it seemed that God ate my lunch. My dreams faded. I worked even harder, and then I burned out. I wondered where God was and why bad things were happening. And now as I reflect back, I wonder if God could not fill my cup because I already had it full with my own stuff. I wanted to do great things for God, but I had my own ideas about how to pull that off. And maybe God was just waiting for me to to get out of the way so the Spirit could get in. Another woman shared this story with her class recently. She said, I noticed a middle-aged woman sitting on the curb. I greeted her and made some comment about how hot and humid it was. It was during that heat wave we had recently. But uh, after a few minutes, I asked where she was headed. She had heard about a, a church that was offering free food. And, and so she said as we drove to the church, she told me she'd been sitting there at Walgreens on the curb praying that God would send her a kind person. And she said, I thought, you know, God, thanks for slapping me upside the head and making me notice. And we got to the church. I told her I hoped they had food for her, and I gave her a few ones, and I told her she was a blessing to me. And I was thankful. I was given a chance to show another person love and kindness, and it was effortless. And she said, friends, This was only effortless because Jesus came into my life 24 years ago. And, you know, I never used to say hello to anybody. But now I see folks and I look people in the eye. I am changed. I am different. I am grateful. I know I am loved. And in the midst of all that heat and humidity, I found great humility and I will be praying for that woman for a long time, and I'll be praying that that God will keep my eyes and my heart open and my mouth closed so that I will see other opportunities to help. And she said, that is why I celebrate the day of my baptism every year, just like it was a new birthday. Finally, some of you uh, know the story of Emil Lazier. He was one of the world's most respected uh, religious leaders. He was a person of deep courage, humility, and conviction. But one day, he, um, one day he walked out of his office and disappeared. Gone. Boom. Years later, he was found living among lepers in Africa. And the journalist who tracked him down asked him the question, why? Why did you give up such a prominent, powerful position. And he said, because of what will be the great scandal of history, millions are eating well while billions of people starve. Millions are drinking well while billions can't find clean water. And, I, and I'm, I'm too old I'm too old to change all of that. 
And the only thing I can do which makes sense now is just to be present. So, so go back and just tell the folks that you met an old man and tell them, tell them I'm happy and I'm glad to be among those who suffer. Tell them that I am happy and I am glad to take these people into my heart and welcome them to my table. The exalted will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. And today, today with deep humility, we come to find once again our place at God's table. We hope you'll give a listen to all the sermons from our Living It Up series. In two weeks, we will begin a new sermon series titled Lost and Found, in which we will be tackling some of the parables from the Gospel of Luke and asking what they are calling us to do in this world. We have some fabulous stuff on tap for you in the coming weeks. If you enjoyed my conversation with Reverend Rob Schrader on race and justice, we will be having a follow-up conversation with Reverend Tracy Simmons and the Reverend Dr. Marsha Lynn Burton, my two friends from seminary that taught me about my own privilege. That episode will be dropping in two weeks. And next Thursday, my follow-up conversation with Reverend Julie Richardson will drop. Julie and I talked about hope and courage, how she has it, and where we can find it. You won't want to miss this inspiring episode. We sure do hope to see you around the table this weekend. Reverend Randy Johnson will be with us as we kick off our Beargrass Forever campaign. There is a great deal going on in the life of our community. So visit our website at www.beargrass.org to learn all about the upcoming events and fall classes. Until next time, peace.